pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you right now, Lord. We thank you once again, Father, for coming into our lives, Father. Father, as we go forth in the message today, Father, we open, we're praying that the hearts and minds of the people, that they'll be open. And God, we ask for the application of the word thereof in all of our lives. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. May your blessings be upon us and continuously over our families, over our protection at all times, oh, Father God. Father, we thank you, Lord, while we're out there on our jobs and wherever we may be. Father, we thank you for the love and the caring and the grace that you set over us, Father. We thank you for the that you have placed and camped around us. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that we do you favor in God's peace time. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Let us say amen one more time. And one more time for the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Our message today is entitled, Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Once again. Our message today is entitled, Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Now, knowing that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, it tells us here to fight the good fight of that substance, which is not seen, but at the same time, we know that it's there. And in this case, he's talking about eternal life. Which is, eternal life is the whole thing that the scripture is all about. That's the reason for the season, right? Is that not the reason for uh, 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 God to send his only son to us? To give us eternal life? Or was it to give us the cars and the houses and the girlfriends and the boyfriends? and the, Which one is it? But we don't hear too much about that nowadays. We hear a social gospel at all the time, as if we're going to be here all the time. But the Bible, the Bible that I read, speaks about getting us ready for eternal life, right? Okay. So it says, now, we're going to have to fight the good fight of faith, and we're going to have to lay hold on eternal life. It says, lay hold on it. What is eternal life? What is it that we are supposed to be laying hold of? Go to John 17, 3. John 17, 3 in the New Testament tells us that this is eternal life. That you know the only one and true God and to know his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. That's eternal life. So what God is saying, you, in order to lay hold, on eternal life, we must understand and know, come to the knowledge of the one and only true God. What is your God this morning? What's really our God this morning? Whatever we put before the true God is our God. So we got to do some soul searching. So, what is this Jesus Christ that he's talking about lay hold on as being eternal life also? Not only are we to know the only true God, but we are to know his son Jesus Christ, which is the power and the wisdom of that one 
and only true God. So it's two things we got to know. We've got to know God, and then we've got to establish within ourselves and activate the power. The Christ in us, the power and the wisdom of God. Two things, in order to lay hold on it. But in order to do it, it says now we got to fight, right? It says here now, fight the good fight of faith. Because, see, we don't see eternal life, but we got to fight it, and the, the fight of faith so that we can enter into it through faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to do what? Please God without it. So God tells us here that, okay, this is what I need you to do. I need you to fight the good fight of faith. And I need you to lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also what? Called. So here again, God did not call us to get rich, although he may bless us that way. It's not a crime. But that's not what he called us to do. He called us to lay hold on eternal life. How? Through fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? And has professed a good profession before how many witnesses? Many witnesses. So that's what he called us to do. He called us to first lay hold of eternal life for ourselves. And afterwards he said, now I want you to go out and I want you to tell somebody about this thing. Let's go to Ephesians 6, which is a familiar scripture. 6 verses 10 through 12. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12. Remember now, we're fighting the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. Say amen when you get there. It says, verse 10 in Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in yourself. Okay. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, his might. So it excludes us, even though we're in it, but it excludes us. And that's the, that's the dichotomy of it all. We're in it, but at the same time, it's excluding us. It says for us to be strong in the Lord. Not in ourselves, but in the Lord. And in the power of not our might, but in the power of his might. And then we have to we talk about fighting the good fight of faith. It says put on the whole armor of God. That's your protection, your shield. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The craftiness of the devil. Because although his tactics are the same, we keep falling for them. It's just three tactics that he used. The pride of life, the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh. And three tactics. Those are the three tactics that he used in the Old Testament. In the beginning, those are the three tactics that he tried to use on Jesus. Same thing. And it's the same thing he used on us. Those three things. And he said, well, that's all we got to look for. That's a lot to look for. That's a whole lot to look for. Those three things. You know, a whole lot of people. So he said, now we got to fight the good fight of faith. And then verse 12, here's the clincher. 
for we wrestle. Somebody say, for we fight. <laughs> See, we talk about fighting here. For we wrestle or fight not against flesh and blood. See, I'm not fighting against you. You're not fighting against me. You know, we're not doing that. That's not, that's not what we, we, we in for. It says, but we're not fighting or wrestling against flesh and blood. But this is what we are fighting and wrestling against. Principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in what kind of places? So we are fighting something that's greater than us. You have to understand that. And if we're fighting something that's greater than us, then we've got to go on the battlefield with something that's greater than it. Amen? Hear me now. Because this is what we're dealing with here. Watch this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling against you. You're not wrestling against me. But we're wrestling with something else. There's something in the background that's pulling the strings of our insanity. Do you agree with that? Well, the first thing is this. We're fighting against what? Principalities. Now, the word principality there means that we are fighting against the first creation of beings that God created. Those are powerful angels, those principalities. They are the commencement of spirits, of beings. They are the first creation, the first created beings of God, principality. So first of all, that's what we're fighting against. That's one of the things that we're fighting against. Okay? And they are far more powerful than we are. They are so powerful that if you go over here to Jude, the book of Jude, right before Revelation, if you go over here and look at the sixth verse, it'll show you something. The book of Jude, the sixth verse. Here's what we're fighting again. When you get that, say amen. Book right before Revelation, Jude. It's just one chapter. Verse 6. Are we there? It says, and the angels which kept not their first estate. That's them principalities. Those first beings that were created, but they didn't keep their first estate. Meaning, they didn't stay there with God. Those were the ones that came down, had sex with women, had giants. Taught, taught us all this illicit stuff out here. Them, them some bad boys. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Those are some bad demons. And, 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 and it says here that, and the angels which kept not, this is how bad they are, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, the heavenly realm, look what they did. He, God, he hath reserved everlasting chains on the darkness unto the judgment of the great day. See, he had to lock them boys up, they're so bad. Had to put them in chains. But, the damage was done. Now the residue is in us. The offspring of what they produce is now in us. Does it make sense? 
So that's one thing that we are wrestling with. We're wrestling with and fighting against the first created beings of God, which left their first habitation. The next thing that we're fighting with is the powers. The word powers there means that the authority that they have over mankind. You see, these angels, these first beings, have powers. Their powers are authority over mankind. You understand? So when they fell, they took that with them. Do you understand? See, when Satan fell, he took the anointing with him. Oh, y'all don't hear me? The Bible says that Satan still turns himself into an angel of light. And the word Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, or vice versa, either way you want to look at it, Lucifer means light bearer. He still has that anointing. It's just corrupted. See, once you got it, it don't leave you. Once, if, okay. When they threw that dead man in there on Elijah's body, that man came back alive from the anointing that was still on that dead man's skeleton, Elijah. Elijah, what number bones in there? And when they threw that dead man up in there, that man came alive, did he not? The anointing was still on him. Once that thing is released on you from God, it's there. It, and no matter what you do, it's still there. But the thing about it is, if you corrupt it, it'll get you. The same thing will save you or kill you. And don't you ever let nobody tell you that it won't. The same Jesus that saved us will kill us. Oh, they don't preach you that, see. Oh, he's a loving God. He'll kill you. Oh, he will. And cast you into hell. And then he'll wake you up out of hell. And wake hell up too, the Bible says. And cast both of you in the lake of fire. Now that's the book. Now that's bad when you can. It's bad enough to die one time. But please don't wake me up and kill me again. Just to kill that now. Now hold up. There's two deaths. Blessed are those who in the first resurrection, the Bible said. Because the second death don't have no power over them. That's book. I'm, I'm preaching book up in here. The second death. It's bad when you get woke up. And you got to stare at the creator in the eye. And he said, now lay back down. Lay back down. Lay down. And then he tossed you into outer darkness. The lake of fire. That's a bad place. See, ain't no coming back from that. So while we got it, we need to try to hold on to it. While we got it. And if we don't have it, we better try to get it. We better try to get it. Because God's mercy ain't going to tarry forever. Now, 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 so we're dealing with these powers because that's the authority over mankind. Then that they come with, that these principalities come with. And then... We're fighting against these rulers of the darkness of this world. That's the prince of the power of the air. Go to Ephesians 2. 
verse 2 through 6. Ephesians 2. Verse 2 through 6. Amen? Over there? He said, look at verse 2 in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 2. He said, wherein in time past, ye, which are we, walked according to the course of this world. According to the what? Prince of the what? Power of the air. So you see, this is talking about Satan here. And now, see, he was a prince. See, he, Michael, Gabriel, all these were princes. Even Christ Jesus was one of the princes. He's the prince of peace. Gabriel is the prince of information. Every time you see Gabriel in the Bible, he's bringing somebody a message. Every time you see him, you never see that Gabriel fighting. You see Gabriel informing. But every time you see Michael, whether he's in Daniel or whether he's in Revelation, every time you see Michael, you see Michael fighting. The Bible says in the book of Daniel, the 12th chapter, that at that time, the great prince Michael, who is the prince of thy people, will stand up for his people. You understand what I'm saying? So he's the fighter. He's the one when war broke out in heaven in the 12th chapter of Revelation, Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels. And the devil was thrown out of heaven for good. That's book. Read the book. It's in the book. I ain't going to teach you wrong. We got princes. Now, 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 now Satan, Lucifer, he was the light bearer. He was that covering cherub, which is found in Ephesians, the 28th chapter. Verse 14, I think, through something like 18. Verse 14 through 18 in Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, it talks about how he's the covering cherubim, which covers. His job was to cover man. He was the prince that was supposed to cover us. But now he brought that power that he had, that authority, down into the first heaven, which is the area of the air that we breathe. And that's why when we breathe the air, you know, we got so much crazy stuff going on because we're breathing in all Satan and his demons, you know. And not only that, but that's why those iPhones and them iPads and stuff. See, all this television and computers, this is what got everybody's minds messed up because, see, all that comes through the airways. We're dealing with Satan. And Satan takes it and corrupts it. So instead of us using it for it should be used for, we use it for something else. And it become, we become addicted to it and it destroys us. Verse 2, going on reading, wherein in times past, Ephesians 2, verse 2, wherein in times past we walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We're talking about the, the, he's the ruler of the darkness of this world. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedient. Among also, we all had our conversation in past times in the lust of our flesh. Yeah, we did. And some things we still do. Come on. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We're not there yet. Somebody say I ain't there yet. Amen. By nature and were by nature the children of wrath 
even as others. Thank God for salvation. But then he goes on and say, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, made us alive, has quickened us together with Christ by grace, you're saved. But that ain't all he did. He just didn't make us alive in Christ together. But he hath raised us up together. And somebody read that little bitty word that come after that. And. Did he ask? What's the next word? Oh, see. See, some of us don't like being made. See. It says here, and see, I told you I watched the little words. And hath raised us up together. And he did not ask us to sit to oh, y'all don't hear me now. See, 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 you don't talk to me now. See. He said, I made you do it. I don't care whether you like it or not. So all these idiots running around here uprooting themselves where God done planted them. See, see, now you're going to get, oh God. Now you don't win against God. Who asked you? You were made to do it. But because we don't like being made to do nothing, we take it upon ourselves. God plant, we plant the tree in the front yard. The tree say, no, I want to. Get planted in the back. So it uproot itself. And next morning you get a tree. Done plant. Oh you don't want to talk to me. You see. And you get up. You the master. You get up. Now the tree. I know I planted it in the front. Y'all heard the scenario before. I know I planted that tree in the front yard. I planted some flowers the other day in the backyard. When I go home this evening. They still better be where I planted them by God. Because if they ain't where I planted them. Guess what. I'm going to destroy them. You know why? Because they're hard-headed. So with man, so it is with God. Wait a minute. So with man, so it is with God. He give us the authority over the plant. We plant it where it's supposed to be planted. It don't want to act right. We kill it and get another one. Amen? Amen? That's what I do anyway. I don't know what y'all do. Y'all might let it just run over you. But you ain't going to grow where you want to grow if I planted you. And that's the same way it is with God. God sit us one place. He sit us on a job. Ain't good enough for us. We complain and complain and complain. And then guess what? We don't, didn't I tell you if you don't know how to use $2, you won't know how to use $2,000. And if you don't know how to use $2,000, you can't use $200,000. You see, see, you got to learn how to handle a million dollars. Like it's one dollar. See, when you get money, you go crazy. Let me go on back up here. I'm trying to be nice today. I've been praying all week, Lord, keep me humble. Don't let me whoop them. I have. How am I doing? Doing all right so far? All right. So, it says here in verse 6, Ephesians 2, verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Look where we are. 
we still living in low places. But that ain't where God said, I sit you. I have sat you, made you sit together in heavenly places. That's what he says. And let's go back over here to um, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Because we still got one more thing to deal with here. We've already dealt with the sixth chapter, verse 12. Are you there? Because we're fighting a good fight of faith. And this is what we're wrestling if we wrestle against those principalities, which are those first created beings of God. We're wrestling against the powers, which the authority over mankind that they have. We're wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this world, which is Satan and his demon. And then we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places, which represents the fact that these principalities, these beings that left their first estate, has nothing but evil intentions against mankind. They want to kill us. They hate us. They hate us, people. Paul says, I have fight, fought the good fight of faith. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. Now let's go over here to Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. Hebrew, because we're dealing with where God has made us to sit. In heavenly places together with him. Okay. Hebrews 12. Verse 22. Through 24. Say amen when you get there. Hear the word of the Lord. God's word says here. That. But ye are come. This is where we come. This is where we have come to. But we are coming to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. It's been an encounter with the living God here. Known as the New Jerusalem. And not only that, but we come into an innumerable company of angels. Remember I told you that that which we're fighting against is more powerful than us. Remember that? So this is where God has taken us. He's taken us up. He's taken us up. Into the city of the living God. The new Jerusalem. In the company of how many angels? You can't count them. Why would he do that? Why would he do it? To protect us. Because now we're in the company of that which can protect us. If we're not in the company, if God would have left us to fend for ourselves, we don't have a chance against them. I know some preachers preach that Satan ain't got no power, but that's the biggest lie in the world. He will bust your head. He will. He will. Otherwise, why would he say fight the good fight of faith? See, it's a fight with faith. It's by our faith has God raised us up to put us in there. Now, I'm going to show you something. Because I'm trying to get y'all to expand y'all minds here 
at House of Destiny. I'm tired of that church rhetoric mess. I don't like it. I don't even listen to preachers because they don't preach nothing. I just don't. I just don't. But I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Now watch this. Now he says that he has already placed us up there. Well, he did that through the man-child. If y'all don't know who the man-child is, that's that thing that you birthed when you got saved and went up top. And now you're feeding it through, through the spiritual unbiblical cord known as the silver cord that the Bible talks about in the book of Daniels again, or the book of Ecclesiastes. And the more nourishment, the more meat that you can eat from this word, the more protected you are because you're feeding that which God is already, that part of you that God already has up top. Am I making sense? You saw it in the Bible where he said, I've made you to sit. He said, now you done already come to Mount Zion. I'm going to finish reading this, then I'm going to go back. Uh, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 23 says, And you've also come to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. See, he already done placed us there. Which are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Did you know that we've already been perfected where we are now, up there? When you got justified in Christ, God perfected you then and brought you up. Does it make sense? Now I'm going to show you how this works. Go to the book of John. I want to show you something. So when you're reading this Bible, you got to know what you're doing. You really got to know what you're doing, y'all. Now watch this. Go to John 3.13. Say amen when you get there. Now the Bible says no man has what? Ascended. Up to heaven except the son of man who has Descended, right? But at the same time, while he was descended on the earth, what does it say? Doesn't it say that he was in heaven? Who is in heaven? Read the book. Stop looking crazy. Read the book. Okay, can anybody explain that? Can nobody explain it? As simple as that is, can't nobody explain that? All that means is, is that while Jesus was on the earth, he was still in heaven. It's right in front of your face. It's right there in front of your face. So he's showing you what we are. He said, even though you down here, you still up there. He's trying to show you in the scripture right there. As in Christ, so are who? We. Oh, Jesus. As in Christ, so are we. So, as Christ was on the earth, but he was still in heaven. Now, he sends Christ. Christ gets in us, and the same thing happens to us. That's with Christ. As in Christ, 
So are we. So now we're here walking this thing out down here. But our spirits have been justified and made perfect because the perfect is there. That man child, that's the perfect. That's what you're going to step into. You understand? You, 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 I, I'm praying that you get this thing. Because we're not, see, oh, I hate these church folk, these church leaders. I do. They make me sick because they don't teach y'all right. Look, people, we're serving a supernatural God. The whole Bible is a mystery of supernatural teaching. God is a supernatural being. We are supernatural beings. How many of y'all glad y'all here at House of Death? Raise your hand. Because by now, where I see it, all them folk out of there, they just all have a ride up in them churches and demand more. Because it's sickening. It's just plain out sickening. Didn't you teach last week about how blind they were? Don't make no sense. God says here in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 23 through 24, he said, look here, but you are coming to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels for your protection. To the general assembly. See, we're already in the general assembly. We're already in a mega church. Oh yeah, we in there. According to this book. He said, you come to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of the sprinkling, which he shed, that speaketh better than the thing that of Abel, which Abel shed. So the blood that Jesus shed it speaks a better thing than the blood that Abel shed. Go over here to Second Second Timothy. I'm about through. It don't take a whole lot. It just take the right thing. See, he didn't, he didn't take nothing but the lady just to touch the hem of his gun. And she was made whole. And she been everywhere. She's done been all everywhere. Done spent all the money. Done got shook down for all the money. They done oiled up. They done laid hands on it. They done rolled all on it. They done did all that. And then one day, when, when she didn't have nothing else left, See, 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 you'll act right when you ain't got nothing else left. What? God, you get right then. You get defiant before then, you know. I'm going to do it my way, Naaman. Fail at me in that dirty water. You don't know who I am. Who cares who you are? Go down there and dip in that muddy water. Follow the instructions. Dip seven times in that dirty water. Because the water is dirty because the Jordan is the spiritual stream of life. And the water is dirty there because your sins are dirty. 
And when you go up in there, you dirty the water. But the water's still able to do what it's supposed to do. So all it is, he didn't want to get down in there with his own nastiness. Talking about, we can go to the Pawpaw River. Ain't they got some more cleaner rivers? Go get in the. See, sometimes your servant got to talk to you. Somebody under you got to tell you to forbid your madness. You know? Sometimes it's like that. I get it all the time. I don't care. I stand to be correct. Second Timothy four seven. I'm done. Second Timothy four seven. Y'all ask them. Over there. Paul speaks to Timothy. God speaking to us. He said, I fought a good fight. See, they're about to chop his head off. Verse 6 says, uh, <clears throat> For I am now ready to be offered. Are you ready? If, 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 are you really ready? Are you really ready? Are we really ready? Did you say lay your head down on that thing? Because we're going to chop it off. If you don't denounce Christ. Are you really ready to have your head chopped off? But this will let us know whether we are Christians or not. Or, what, or, or, or how much growth we got to do. What we got to strive for. See, you, we've got to strive for that level. Because, see, we ain't going to always have these little old fine cars and these little old fine clothes and all these little old fine jobs, you know, and all these old fine ladies and stuff. We ain't going to always have that. See? And then we're going to look around and all we got is God. And then they're going to be trying to kill us for having Him. So, are we ready? Or are we just having church on Sunday? You know, what are we really doing? It says here that I, I'm ready now to be offered up. The time of my departure is at hand. See, there's a point in time for all of us. When the time comes, we're going to be saying, Oh, Lord, can I just wait just to... to ain't no discharge at that war, the Bible says. There's no negotiation with death. When the time is time. He said, now, the time of my departure is at hand. He says, now, I have fought a good fight. Didn't he say fight the good fight of faith? And not only that, but I have finished my assignment. I finished my homework. I finished my course down here. I did what I was told to do by you, Lord, to the best of my ability. I kept the faith. Yeah, I made some mistakes, but kept running, kept fighting, kept going towards you. Paul says, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Will, when Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth? That's the question. 
Have we fought a good enough fight? If Jesus was to come today for our life, have we fought a good enough fight for him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Would he find faith in our life if God come today? Will he? Will he find faith in you? If you lose your ability to be mobile in your body, would you still have faith? Or would you blame God? Knowing that God is the one that giveth and God is the one that taketh away. Knowing that all souls belong to God. I just wonder. I just wonder. I just wonder. Anybody need prayer this morning? If you need prayer, come on up. Come on up. If you need prayer, come up. Come up now. Anybody want to get saved this morning? Come on up. Anybody want to rededicate their life to Christ? Come on up. Now's the time of reckoning. Now it's time of reckoning. Hey, sweetie. Doing all right? Good. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Will the Lord find faith? He came today. Would he really find faith? That's the question. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I know that there are many times and there are many places that we could be, but we choose to be here. But Father, I just want to bless your name this morning for all these people. Father, I just want you to place a covering and protection. Father, whatever, uns whatever needs they have, spoken and unspoken, Father God, I lift them up. The prayers of the saints go up before you, Father, in the golden cup of your hand. And God, as you pour them out before the throne of grace, Father, I pray that grace will receive them and that it will absorb every one of their wishes, Father. 
Father, I just pray right now for this church and this people and their families. God, I pray for your protection, Father, on the roads, the dangerous highways. People are acting such fools out here, Father God. I pray for your eternal blessings. I pray that your eternal salvation will continue to keep us in that place of innumerable angels. Father, I bless your holy name right now, Father. And I put a blanket blessing over all of the congregation right now, Lord. Because you've been good to all of us. And Father, we do thank you. And we do praise your name. And Father, we thank you, we truly do this morning, for giving us one more chance to serve you in the beauty of your majesty and in the beauty of your glory and your holiness, Father. We thank you right now, Lord, for the beautiful day and the beautiful fellowship that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I thank you for this church. You, you, you made it such a peaceful place. A place where we can come together in the unity of the faith and just enjoy God and enjoy one another without all the other stuff that's going on that's so unnecessary. So, Father, we just bless you right now, Lord, and we just thank you for the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And it guards our hearts and minds 